0: Hello, everyone. My name is Haley Elizabeth, and if you don't know who I am, this is my true crime podcast where once a week I sit down and I talk about all things true crime, ranging from murders, disappearances, cults, all the way to the biggest drug bust in history, the biggest bank heist in history, all things true crime. And if you're interested in any of that, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel every Wednesday for the visual version, or you can head over to Spotify, Apple, wherever you can find podcasts every Tuesday for the audio version. Now, for today's case, we are going to be talking about the case of Kasia Zawada. Now there is a lot to get through, so we're just gonna hop right into it. On January 6th, 1999, a small tail boat was sailing on the Vistula River in Poland. The boat was going through the Polish city of Krakow, and it was dark outside, nearly midnight, and in the depths of winter. So all of them were huddled together, all trying to get as warm as possible, but also just trying to get their job finished as quick as possible so they could get out of there and get home. A little after midnight, they finished, so they started going back to the docking station in Zabucha District in Krakow. As the boat was docking, though, the captain had heard a big thump on the side of the boat, and that led the boat to move a little bit, and whatever had thumped into the boat had caught into the propeller. Now, this wasn't really odd, because there were a lot of people that would unfortunately just throw garbage into the river, so they were constantly getting garbage sucked up into their propeller. Or sometimes random materials and excess things that fall off of other boats and land in the water also get caught in the propellers. So the captain just kind of thought that it was something like that, but at the time it was after midnight, it was winter, the water was freezing cold, and it was dark outside. So the captain just said, We won't do this right now, we'll just come back tomorrow morning and figure it out then. So they go out to the docks the next morning to check it out, and they had brought their engineer to go in so that that he could figure out what was tangled in the propeller. The engineer would then go into the propeller and pull out this very off-looking material. It kind of looked like leather, but it was a little softer and extremely pale. They also noted that this material kind of looked a little bit blubbery, as if there was sort of bounce back to it, maybe excess from an animal. As the engineer is pulling out all of this material from the propeller, the captain is looking at all of it and notices a small silver ring attached to one of these pieces. He picks it up and stares at it until horrifyingly he realizes that this ring was actually an earring and this earring was attached to an ear. He dropped the ear, stepped back, and as he started to look at the rest of the material, he started to see the breast, the legs, the torso, and realized that this was all human skin. And so they immediately called the police and the police rushed over and found that this was indeed woman's skin. But this just wasn't women's skin, this was a whole woman's chest. As if someone had skinned a woman and then sewn the pieces together to make sort of a Divers were sent into the river and they located more of the skin and parts of the body Such as the buttocks and a leg laying at the bottom of the river The police were baffled at what this was and when given to medical examiners They found that the skin was cut off using lots of precision and surgical tools as if like someone had done this before. And whoever this person was seemed to be making an outfit or some sort of bodysuit with the mixes of leather inside of the skin. After a DNA test was done, that is when they confirmed that this was the skin of 23-year-old Katarzyna Zawada, who also went by Kasia, was a 23-year-old college student living in eastern Krakow with her mom. She went to college studying religion after previously trying a history major and psychology major, but neither of those really worked out for her. Kasia was described to be introverted and quiet, but if you talk to her first, she was pretty easy and funny to get along with. A lot of people just said that Kasia was a mystery. She didn't really talk to many people. She had her close group of friends. She never went to parties or went out of her way to make new friends and hang out outside of school, but this behavior would actually start from Kasia's back in 1996 after her father had passed away kasha had actually witnessed her father's death after the two of them went hiking which they often did together this was a big bonding moment for the both of them they loved going out in nature together and in january of 1996 her father had slipped and fell and broke his spine which led to his death after this she became very depressed and felt like it was her fault because she was there and couldn't help him and she felt like if she would have never went on the trip, then this never would have happened. So after this, she became very quiet and shy and kept a close circle. Kasha was also a huge Grateful Dead fan, and one of her friends had actually taken a trip to the States and brought back Kasha a book called, quote, The Electric Kool-Aid Acid Test by Tom Wolfe. And it was basically a book about a group of young adults who traveled across the U.S. taking acid. Kasha really started to get into this sort of psychedelic and free-spirited lifestyle, and so this kind of led to her becoming more frequent at record stores. And then November 12th of 1998, that is when Kasia had an appointment with her psychologist, but she had missed that appointment. She had been going to therapy for the past three years, ever since her father had passed away, and she had rarely ever missed appointments, and when she did, she would always make sure to call in first. Kasia's mom realized that Kasia never came home to get ready for her appointment and later that night when Kasia still hadn't gone home, Kasha's mom would go to the station to report her missing. But when she went to the station, she was confronted with the police just not really caring much about her. The police dismissed her and said that it's okay. You don't gotta do all of that paperwork. She'll probably just show up in a couple hours. The police also tried to argue that since Kasha was an adult, she was 23 at the time, she is able to make her own decisions and doesn't have to tell her mom her whereabouts all the time. But weeks went by and there was no sight or answers from Kasha, and Kasha still never came home. The police did indeed file a missing persons report and open an investigation, but they really didn't have much to go off of. They talked to her friends, and her friends didn't know where she was, and her mother also didn't know where she could be. This was also the year of 1998, where the technology back then just wasn't at as just wasn't as advanced as it is now, and so trying to find someone, especially who is missing without any leads, it's kind of hard. The police went to the local places that Kasia frequently went to, like like record stores and she would mostly hang around this area which was the main town square but they really didn't find any sight of her mom at this time felt very in the dark and the police really weren't helping her with anything and so that's when she decided to take matters into her own hands and she made missing persons flyers for kasha and hired a personal investigator and no matter how much they searched they could not find sight of kasha until one day in january of 19 99 when a tailboat engineer would find the skin of Kasia tangled up in a propeller and her skin used as a human vest. And the medical examiners, after researching her and the medical examiners determined that this body was in the river for weeks. So now the police are in search of the killer, but they unfortunately don't know where to turn. They know that this murder was done with intent and precision by the way that it was made. They knew that whoever did this wanted Kasha so that they could turn her skin into a vest. This was clearly dark and sadistic and premeditated, and definitely not something spare of the moment. The police believe that Kasha was kidnapped or And they also believe that she was drugged and then tortured for a long period of time before she was skinned. And the medical examiners actually believe that Kasia might have been alive during the skinning process. When they looked at her breasts, they realized that her nipples were removed, so they believed that maybe there was a sexual element to this. It seemed like the killer had basically skinned the front and back of Kasha and then sewn those two pieces together to make a vest. The police would actually later find out that Kasha dropped out of school weeks before her disappearance. Her mom didn't know about this, but Kasha's friends said that Kasha slowly started to skip classes before altogether just not showing up at all. Her friends said that Kasha would often skip class to hang out with some guy in the main market school. Square, where the both of them would go to bars, record stores, and just wander around and walk. It was also weirdly known that in the weeks that she was not going to university, she was also working at the university as a cleaner, but under a different name. When Kasha first went missing, her missing persons posters were posted all over the university and a couple of the cleaners there said that they noticed this girl Kasha and she was actually a cleaner there and they had known her because she had been working there for a couple weeks, but they told him that she didn't go by the name Kasha, she actually went by the name Angie. In the weeks following to her disappearance, Kasha had dyed her hair black, she began losing weight and changed her style, which was now more. 90s grunge and rock. She was also seen taking train rides outside of the city to meet with this mystery man, more in the cottages and countryside of Poland. But none of her friends really knew who this man was. As I said, Kasia was mysterious and didn't really talk about herself to people. She had a close group of friends, but even to that close group of friends, she wouldn't ever go into detail about her life. And the police actually did have a suspect outside of the city that had a history of harassing women and stalking them with binoculars. He also had a history of buying and wearing women's underwear and was seen visiting Cash's grave many times. He would go and leave a candle and as soon as it would run out, he would go out there and replace it. He was also seen burying letters next to her grave. But one day when the police went over there to look for these letters, they couldn't find them. The police also tried to stake out in front of the grave, to try to see if the man would ever come back but unfortunately he didn't. But the police are convinced that whoever this man was that Kasia was meeting up with was definitely her murderer and so four months later in May of 1999, police in Krakow were randomly sent a package that included photos of a man completely decapitated along with a box that had a severed head in it. But the severed head had no skin. It was completely taken off. So the police thought that maybe this killer was definitely the person who had killed Kasia. So the police are terrified and know that this is now a serial killer and he will continue to kill more people if he's not caught. But ironically, that same day, the police would receive a frantic phone call from an elderly man saying that he believes his grandson is a serial killer. This old man said that he came home early from work that day and went down to the the basement to start on a project, but when he went down there, he was then confronted with the sight of his own son's body strung upside down in the middle of the basement and headless. He saw this and immediately ran out of the house and said that the only one in the house was his grandson, Vladimir W. And the elderly man says that he believes Vladimir had done it. Vladimir was 26 years old and originally from Russia, but he went to Poland for school and ironically, went to the same college that Kasia did. Vladimir lived with his father and his father's father, so his grandfather, but Vladimir didn't really get along with his dad. He mostly got along with his grandfather. Vladimir's grandfather would then say that the last time that he saw his son, so Vladimir's father, was that morning when the both of them went to breakfast. He said that that morning when they went to breakfast, they met up at this park bench and he showed up wearing a big big balaclava and he showed up wearing his usual trench coat and hat but he was also wearing a huge balaclava the entire time. Even when they went into the restaurant to have breakfast together, he spoke very softly and in an odd tone and never removed the balaclava. The police would later report to the house where they would then arrest Vlad and take him into the station. Vladimir was an open book. He did not try to dismiss anything or try to say he didn't do it. He said that that morning him and his father had gotten into an argument over something that his father did as revenge to vladimir but he didn't go into detail what that was while his grandfather was out that is when vladimir would lure his father to the basement and stun him with a stun gun he stunned him with a stun gun until his father was on the ground and then vlad pulled out a knife and began to stab his father to death Once his father was dead, that's when he strung him upside down, cut off his head and drained his head and cut off the skin of the head. He then put the skinless head in a box after including photos of his father's decapitated body. And it was believed that between the times of Vladimir having his father's body upside down and him decapitating his father, during that time frame, he wasn't in the basement for some reason. And that's when the grandfather had discovered the body and immediately called the police afterwards and then that's when Vladimir would put his father's skinless head into a box and ship that box off to the police station with a bunch of salt in it because salt actually helps slow down the decomposing process after this Vladimir would take the skin from the head and make a mask out of his father's face and while he was in the process of making this mask that's when his grandfather would call the house house and ask vladimir hey where's your father because he was supposed to meet up with me at this park bench for breakfast but he's not here like can you ask him if he's almost ready and that's when vladimir says yeah he's right here i'll let him know and he'll be down there in about 10 minutes now as i just said vladimir's father is dead he's currently strung upside down in the basement and so that's when vladimir would go down to the basement put on the mask of his father's face that he just made, put on his father's trench coat, put on a huge balaclava and his father's top hat on top of that. And Vladimir would then walk to the park bench with the skin of his father's face still on his face. And go to meet up with his grandfather. Now his grandfather was extremely old so he had very poor eyesight and very bad hearing and so when he saw Vladimir, who was wearing his father's face, walk up to him, to him it just did seem like his son but he was so confused as to why his son was wearing the balaclava the whole time and speaking in a really weird voice. And so that morning when the grandfather had went to breakfast with his his son, it wasn't actually his son. It was actually his grandson wearing the skin of his son. Shortly after they'd gotten this call from the grandfather, that is when they received the package and the pictures from Vladimir. So when they went back to the house, Vladimir had actually just gotten there because he had just gotten back from the police station after dropping off the package and the photos. So they caught up with him pretty quickly and arrested him immediately. They arrest Vladimir and charge him with the murder of his father. But he said that the act of him wearing his dad's face outside and around the public was something he did to see if he could pull it off, and he did. The court decided to give him life in prison, and after five years, he requested to be sent back to his home in Russia. Now, police at first assumed that this was the killer of Kasia because it only makes sense, but unfortunately, he wasn't the killer. The timelines of Vladimir and Kasia did not really line up, up. Although they did go to the same school, they were in different years. And surprisingly, Vladimir had pretty good attendance for his school. And so there were a lot of times where he would show up to a full days of school while Kasha had skipped out of class. So there would be no way that Kasha would be skipping class to hang out with Vladimir because Vladimir was currently in class when she wasn't. And this was the police's first suspect, but turns out it was just another dead end years went by and as tech started to become more and more advanced in the early 2000s, that's when the police were able to gather more info. The medical examiners noticed that Kasia had vegetation on her body that seemed to be from outside the city. They also concluded that she was definitely beaten by someone trained in martial arts with the bruising on her body. And in 2017, 20 years later, a big break was finally made in the case. An anonymous letter was sent to the police by a guy saying his friend who was 52-year-old Robert Yavinsky was the murderer of Kasha. The police had showed up to the home of Robert to ask him questions and all the police simply asked Robert was, hey, we're here to ask you a couple of questions about a woman named Kasha. And immediately after that, Robert started to get extremely defensive. Like if he didn't know who Kasha was, he simply would have just been like, oh, I don't know who that is. Like, can you tell me more information? and the police were not being like aggressive or anything they were simply just at his house to ask him a few questions about it but robert became extremely defensive he kept on saying he had no clue who kasha was he didn't have anything to do with it without specifying what it is he said that he didn't know why the police were there that the police had no right to be there and he basically just shut the door on the police's face and told them to leave So after that interaction, which was extremely suspicious, the police start looking a little bit into Robert's history. Robert Janczewski was living in Krakow, Poland at the time with his mother. His dad was a poet who left his mom for another woman, so it's basically just been him and his mom for a good chunk of his life. His family growing up was super religious, but they were also very physically and emotionally abusive. Robert was an only child, so all of the anger his parents felt, they usually took out on him. When looking into Robert's criminal history, however, they were surprised to see that they didn't find much. All they found was two assaults back in the 90s, but both times he was the victim, which in return, after these assaults, he started picking up martial arts classes as a way to defend himself. He later joined the military and after serving a couple years there, he came home and got a job at a morgue where his job was to dissect human corpses. He also went to the Krakow Zoology Institute where he learned how animal skins were prepared for taxidermy. So he was taught how to skin animals, gut animals, and how to dispose of all of the organs and bones. He was later actually kicked out of Krakow's Zoology Institute after killing all of the rabbits for apparently no reason. When his superiors had asked him why he had done that, he said that he didn't know why he did it, he just had the thought, and then next thing you know, it had already been done. He was also said to be a very odd character and was very particular about his women, he only dated women who wore French underwear, and he also only liked women who were submissive and obedient to him. And you'll never believe this, but Robert was actually the same man that back in the 90s, I was mentioning him earlier, that would frequently visit Casha's grave and leave letters there and bury letters there. He would also make sure that there was a constant candle burning at her grave. That guy was Robert. But Robert would later say in a diary entry that he stopped going there to light candles and bury letters. He said that one day he saw a cop car staking out in front of Casha's grave and so he didn't go there until that night he went back and collected all of the letters in fear that the police were going to find them. And so he wrote that that night he went back and all of his letters were still there. So he collected all of them and never went back again. Apparently, back in the 90s, there were even reports of neighbors of Robert who were saying that they think Robert was the one that killed Kasha. They said that Robert was a very odd character. He had a very weird vibe and just an eerie personality and it didn't really help that he worked in a morgue and he also dissected corpses for a living. But even though there were reports of these neighbors Saying that they believe Robert was the murderer, none of these reports were further looking into. The police went back to the home of Robert, but now with a search warrant and found two odd things. They found that in the bathroom there were specks of blood, and when it was tested, even after 20 years, it was later determined that this blood was Cassia's. They also found Robert's diary, and in his diary, he went into deep detail about all of these women that he had. Had been stalking their daily routines their lives but there was only one entry in the journal where he had actually murdered one of the women he had been stalking and this woman was kasha in robert's diary they would find an entry from 1998 where he began stalking kasha and went into deep detail about how he manipulated her tortured her then killed and skinned her he was arrested but weirdly he tried to say that he didn't do it. He said that that journal wasn't his, and it was planted there by the real murderer, that that wasn't his diary. But it was pretty obvious that this was Robert's journal, because in the journal entry, when this person was talking about how they met Kasha, they said that they met Kasha at the Main Town Square, and during the 90s, Robert had a job in Main Town Square at a clothing store. In the journal entries, Robert wrote that he worked in the main town square at a clothing store kasha would frequent at the bars record shops and hung around and one day she had gone into the clothing store that he worked at and that's where they met this clothing store specifically sold mostly 90s rock and grunge style of clothing. In the grunge scene of the 90s, psychedelics was a huge thing and so that's what Kasia and him started to talk about because they both had an interest in it. Kasha started to frequently go into the shop more and more where they talked more and more and Kasia actually grew an interest in him. Kasha then began to try and change herself to make Robert like her even more, such as as when Robert told Kasha that he was more into girls that had black hair, she then dyed her hair black. She also started to change her style of clothing to be more 90s grunge because that's what Robert wore. He also said that he made Kasha lose weight because he told her that he liked thinner women, but in reality, he was making her lose weight because if you guys have ever seen the movie Silence of the Lambs, in that movie, it's basically about a serial killer who murders and skins women, and in that movie, he starves his women so that he has extra skin and it'll be more pliable and easier to work with during the skinning process. And so he was making Kasha basically starve herself so that he could use this method. And on the day that Kasha went missing, at that point they had hung out nearly every day and Kasha began skipping classes so that they could hang out and then all together just dropped out so that she could hang out with him all the time. One day Robert had suggested that him and Kasha go to his cottage outside of the city to have a nice romantic day together. Kasha said yes, both of them went out of the city, and so they went to this cottage where Robert would later lure her down to the basement where her screams wouldn't be heard. He began to torture her, abuse her, and then later skinned her while she was going in and out of consciousness. He was an expert in skinning and treatment of wounded skin because that was his job and his education. He used his surgical equipment to do it and said that he tried to wear her face, but it was too small for him because she had a smaller head than him. So then that's when he tried to make a vest instead, but the vest didn't really fit either because she had a smaller build than him. And so he just decided to quit the project altogether and throw the scraps of skin as well as the vest into the river. That skin and vest would later be found weeks later in January by a tailboat crew. Robert was also weirdly very religious. He went to church every Sunday and Wednesday and sat in the front row. It was later reported at one point Robert actually confessed to the murder to a monk in a confession box, but unfortunately this monk was very old and sick sick and died very soon after. Robert would later try to defend himself at court saying that the guards had been harassing him since he had got there and still try to preach innocence and say that he wasn't the person that did this. But none of these claims were ever backed up. And so then that's when he actually got an extra charge added to his list of charges, which was lying to the police. He met with a psychiatrist every day that later diagnosed him with schizophrenia and the court would later sentence him to life in prison. But even after his life sentence, a lot of people would come forward and surprisingly say that they believe that Robert wasn't the killer. They believe that the police had manipulated Robert into confessing and used his schizophrenia against him. His own psychiatrist even came out and said that she didn't believe that he had done it. People came out and said that maybe the anonymous letter that was sent in 2017, it was actually the killer, basically putting all of the blame on to Robert. But all of these claims are later kicked out the window because Robert basically lines up with everything. Kasia went missing in Krakow, and that's ironically where Robert had lived. Robert had the details of the murder in his diary, he was trained in martial arts, he had an obsession with stalking and harassing women, and so maybe that's why he wanted to wear their skin. He also had a ton of experience in skinning from his job at the morgue and his education at the Zoology Institute and her DNA, her blood, was literally found in the bathroom at the home. The person who sent in this anonymous letter actually came forward to say that this anonymous person was actually a friend of Robert. This friend of Robert actually met Robert through a bunch of gardening clubs that they were in and also said that they worked in the main town square together. This friend owned a reptile store in the town square and said that Robert was, quote, an alcoholic and a sadist who enjoyed beating women. He also said that Robert had lots of experience in skinning and would often skin a lot of reptiles and even had a collection of different snakes, lizards, and alligators that he had all skinned himself. Reports have also been made that Kasha was seen in the store a couple of times with a guy that looked like Robert, but even to this day, we don't know where where the rest of kasha is all we found was her body and since robert to the very end said that he was innocent and they had the wrong guy we unfortunately did not get a full story of what happened to kasha only the entries found in his diary the entries in this diary didn't go into detail of what happened to her organs or her bones and even to this day we may never know and yeah that is the end of today's case if you guys found this case interesting make sure to give it a thumbs up and subscribe if you are on youtube or if you are on spotify or apple wherever you can find podcasts make sure to rate it five stars because that really helps me out a lot and yeah that's all from me i hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day make sure to be safe out there drink some water get outside today and get some fresh air and as always i love you i love you i love you and i will see you guys next week bye